Star Wars 7x7, episode 835. Today it's a Clone Wars briefing. We're looking back at Supply Lines. This is season 3, episode 3 of the series, and it is yet another prequel to a first season episode. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliffe from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this episode, Supply Lines, sets up the events of Ambush, which happened in Season 1, when the Toydarians were entertaining discussions with both the Separatists and the Republic to see whether they would actually join up with one side or the other, because they had been neutral up until that point in the Clone Wars. And if you're not sure you're familiar with Toydarians, you actually are, if you saw The Phantom Menace. The infamous Watto would be an example of a Toydarian. Now, when all you know about Toydarians is Watto, that makes it really funny when you hear the following, first from the Toydarian king, and secondly from Senator Lot Dodd of the Trade Federation. The people of Ryloth are suffering, and compassion is a sacred Toydarian value. Honesty is also a Toydarian value, is it not? Yeah, so Watto, not the best example of Toydarian values, I guess. Anyway, the whole gist of this thing comes about because on Ryloth, the Separatists have invaded and the Jedi and the clones are allying with the Twi'leks to try and knock them back and get them off Ryloth. Unfortunately, the Separatists have blockaded the planet and now the Twi'leks need humanitarian aid. Unfortunately, that would mean getting through a blockade to do it. And also, it's quite a long way to Ryloth for the Jedi and the Republic. So, unfortunately, they have to get some sort of staging ground for aid in Toydaria, which is close enough to the system where they can actually get supplies there in a reasonable manner. The downside is that they're already in negotiations and Jar Jar Binks is representing the Republic. So, why on earth they thought that was a good idea to begin with, I can't even begin to imagine. So the Jedi Council, in their infinite wisdom, send Bail Organa to take over the negotiations. A good thing, definitely. But Senator Lot Dodd of the Trade Federation shows up not long after Bail Organa does, and they both have to present their cases to the king and his ministers, his advisory circle. Ultimately, the Toydarians decide they have to remain neutral in order to protect their contractual agreements with the Trade Federation. But the King of Toydaria, on the sly, meets up with Bail Organa and Representative Binks to say, Hey, you can send whatever supplies you have on your ship off to there right now, but I can't do anything else for you and keep this on the QT. What that entails is Bail Organa having to make an excuse to slip away and load up as many supplies as he can on his Corellian Corvette, or your Rebel Blockade Runner, if you will, while Representative Binks holds down the fort at a diplomatic dinner with the Toydarian ministers and the Trade Federation delegation. Bizarrely, though, all of the uh, supply ships, the relief ships, are going to have to fly by the space where this diplomatic dinner is happening. And so Bail Organa has to get a message to Jar Jar to let him know when to distract everybody and not look out the windows or look out toward where the ships are going to be flying by. And so he has an earpiece in that he can be communicated with. And, of course, Jar Jar is poking at it relentlessly. So any idiot would have noticed it somehow, and yet (laughs) nobody does. Does. And then when it comes time to provide the distraction, Jar Jar climbs up onto the dinner table and says this. Uh, looky, looky. 
composing a conceptual work of art to honor the ambassador of Trade Federation. Uh, uh let's see. Uh, that was, yeah, I'll take that one. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. A conceptual work of art? What? Oh my gosh, this is the most ridiculous thing I have heard on the Clone Wars to date. I Ugh, I can't even understand it. A conceptual work of art? Oh boy. And what that conceptual work of art turns out to be after Jar Jar grabs everybody's plates on the table and dumps all their food onto the floor, he ends up throwing plates and cups into a giant stack as though he were one of the dwarves in The Hobbit. I think Jar Jar himself put it best when he said, Decent Nutsen! You know, this one was just kind of out there for me. If you thought this was a, a well-done episode of The Clone Wars, at least for that aspect of it, then send me straight at the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. Of course, while he's doing this, he is looking out the windows constantly, and they're finally catching on to this. Like, Why do you keep looking out the windows? And, you know, they see ships flying by, but somehow it doesn't come to anything except there's no proof of the fact that Bale took a bunch of supplies and that he used the Toydarian base as a staging area to do that, but they make it happen and they end up playing a dangerous game in the world of politics and warfare and all that fun stuff that eventually leads to the Toydarians having to make push come to shove and make a decision between joining up on the side of the Separatists or joining up on the side of the Republic. That happens again back in Season 1 in that episode, Ambush. Meanwhile, back on Ryloth, Jedi Master Dai is trying to work on an evacuation situation for the Twi'leks and their families, and Cham Syndulla is not happy with how things are going. He is definitely disillusioned with all of this business. And so Dai ends up talking to Gobi, who is one of... Cham Syndulla's right-hand men. And Gobi, of course, we also met in that novel Lords of the Sith by Paul Kemp that came out in April of last year, I think it was. Now, he has a line, Jedi Master Dai does, that I thought was kind of neat. War turns promises into hopes. I wish it wasn't so. Now, I thought this was pretty remarkable because it kind of turns the notion of hope on its head, not just in general, but also in the context of the Star Wars saga. I mean, hope is presented as a very positive thing in Star Wars. In fact, it's a prime motif in Star Wars. I mean, we just heard it in the final Rogue One trailer when Jyn Erso is rallying the Alliance High Council and saying, we have hope, you know, we can defeat this giant Death Star thing because we have hope. The tagline of the movie, in fact, a rebellion built on hope. The original Star Wars, of course, now rebranded by its episode name, A New Hope. I mean, there are so many examples of positive uses of hope that are just the fundamental building blocks of the saga. But here we have hope cast in an entirely negative light, and I thought that was rather interesting. But then again, it's coming out of the mouth of a Jedi Master die, and so I guess we should have seen it coming. Now, I hadn't heard of Jedi Master die except for the fact that I do play the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes mobile app, and there is a Jedi Master die in there. But his first name is an abbreviated thing like Obi-Wan, and it's I'm a gun, I-M-A-G-U-N. So, yeah, I'm a gun die is what that Jedi Knight's name is. And so as soon as I realized that that was the same Jedi Master that I've been seeing in Galaxy of Heroes, I knew exactly what was going to happen to him in the episode, and they did not let me down. He did, in fact, die in the thing. 
when with a name like I'm a Gundai, I would have expected him to be a Gungan Jedi, but nope, he was a Nikto, actually, as it turns out. But before he dies, he's able to see the delivery of the humanitarian supplies and realizes that his bravery is not in vain, that he and the clones were able to hold the Separatists off long enough for the Twi'leks to get to safety and to get the supplies they need to survive. Now, Dave Filoni, when he was on the Ahsoka's Untold Tales panel at Star Wars Celebration Europe, mentioned just as a quick aside as he was telling one of Ahsoka's untold tales that there are very complex politics in the Clone Wars, which is definitely not something that you would expect to hear about a series that is allegedly aimed at children ages 2 to 11 years old. This is definitely not just for kids aged 2 to 11. So there you have it. That's our briefing on supply lines from The Clone Wars Season 3, Episode 3. Next time we're going to be talking about Sphere of Influence, which is, of course, Episode 4 of the season, and also deals with the children of George Lucas's character from Revenge of the Sith. So stay tuned for that next week, and stay tuned for your trivia question after the break. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, we're back with your trivia question and a special guest. Welcome Saw Guerrero to the show. Saw, how you doing? What will you do if they break you? Okay, maybe today's not the day to be talking to Saw. All right. Well, last time I asked you a tough one. I asked you if you could name the departure and arrival points for all five of the Millennium Falcon's hyperspace trips in The Force Awakens. The first one from the Aravana to Takadana. The second one from Takadana to Dakar. The third one from Dakar to Starkiller Base. The fourth one from Starkiller Base to Dakar. And the fifth one from Dakar to Aktu. Today's question, while the Falcon is in hyperspace heading from Aravana to Takadana, there's an alarm that goes off in the Falcon, and Han says that they will be scattered across a certain number of systems if they don't fix it. How many systems was it? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you ride your tauntaun past the first marker, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a forced ghost vision, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.